Well, hey, good morning, everybody. That's how we come into a message. Yes, let's, yeah, man, Big Kick was awesome. Such a great week. Thank you for all of you who uh, were a part of that, whether serving uh, as a coach, a volunteer, set up, tear down, snack team. Like Marian said, we can't do that without you. And it's, it's one of the biggest events that we do, and, and it's so out there in the community. I love it. And uh, so thank you for allowing that to be another just great success. Uh, and we got to see some kids come to faith in Christ, and uh, that's, that's the goal. That's the goal. And, and along the way, you learn a little bit about soccer. So I'm just so glad that we had a great week uh, with your kids at Big Kick Soccer Camp. And, and with that said, I want to welcome all of you here this morning uh, in our worship time. Man, it's just awesome to be a part of worship this morning. Uh, this is a great place to be, everybody. I just want to say that. I, I came into worship, and I, and I kind of, uh, Courtney's up there teaching, and so I was kind of on my own, and I, and I found some seats there to worship. I was on my own. I was just by myself. So I felt like I needed to get closer to people, so I moved in on somebody. I just moved right in on them. And because, uh, man, that's what it's about. It's, it's just us being able to come together, united, and worship God and celebrate Jesus together. Pray that we don't take that for granted. So it's so good to be a part of that with you. And I do want to say hello to all of you who are watching. Uh, glad that you're able to be a part of that with us as well, however uh, and wherever you are watching this. Just thanks for, for letting us be a part of your day with God as well. Well, today uh, we are wrapping up this series that we've been in called Wiser. And what we've been doing is we've just been looking at big areas of our life that everybody goes through uh, and bringing in God's wisdom so that instead of saying, I'll be wiser next time, we will say, no, no, I'll be wiser this time. And if you're new or visiting or haven't been here in the series, what we've been looking at is, is this. We've looked at how to get wiser at work. We've been looking at being wiser in our marriages. We've been looking at being wiser with our finances. And last week we looked at, uh, Blair uh, brought us a, a word on being wiser with our words. And I will tell you this, I took a bunch of notes last week, everybody. Like it comes, I, I have a lot of, I have the gift of gab a little bit. And so I took a lot of notes uh, last week. And so today uh, we're gonna wrap up our series uh, by looking at the last installment of this, which is being wiser families, being wiser families. So uh, I, wanna, I wanna do a real quick thing. I just wanna get some perspective. Uh, show of hands, how many people in here are parents right now? Parents of kids, high school and lower, high school and lower, show of hands. Okay, now how many are like parents of high school and older, o older than high school, okay? All right, grandparents, how many, how many grandparents are out there? Okay, awesome. How many in here are not parents yet, but you wanna be one day, wanna be one day? Yep, got some in there. How many of you wanna do a swap with your kids for a week? All right. <laughs> We'll, we'll get you hooked up with the ones who want to be parents so they can understand what they're getting into. Uh, but they have to, you know, you got to return them. Okay, you know what I'm saying? Okay. Um, man, this week we are coming off one of the best weeks with our Big Kid Camp. And it's just, it was awesome. We saw over 300 kids come and, and learn about soccer. But more importantly, learn about the God of the universe who made them and created them with a purpose. And uh, there are some of you here this morning that you were a part of that you, you, and you took us up on our invitation to come to church. And, and this might be one of your first times or in a long time coming to church. And we just want to say, we're glad you're here. And I thought with that, that we would just talk a little bit about uh, being wiser as a family. And so here's where I'm going to start today and uh, should ease us in really good. Okay. You ready? Here's where we're going to start when it comes to families. There is no such thing as a perfect family. How about that? How's that good to start with? There's no such thing as a perfect family. And I'm gonna bust a stereotype right here uh, for us today. Here it is. Church is not full of perfect families. 
There you go. So that should help you feel a little bit better about where you are as a family. In fact, even Jesus's family wasn't perfect. Did you know that? Jesus was perfect, but man, Jesus had a family tree that was pretty shady. And I ain't even talking about the leaves, everybody. I'm just saying in Jesus's family, I will give you some examples. There were murderers in Jesus's family tree. Did you know that? There were liars in Jesus's family tree. There was even a lady of the night in his family tree. You know, uh, that's as best as I could talk about Rahab, okay? And uh, if you have to answer the question, daddy, what's a lady of the night? I'm sorry, okay? Uh, get your kids in family ministry. That's more appropriate for them, all right? Uh, but that, so all that to say, my point is no family uh, is perfect. In fact, there's a song by a guy, a guy named Drew Holcomb. Uh, it's called Family. Here's what he says. He says, you don't choose them. You can't lose them. We all have a song to sing. Some crazy some are amazing. Some have a little bit of everything. And so if there's something that captures family, that's about it, all right? Uh, a little crazy, but it's mine. I get to keep it. And so we're gonna talk a little bit about this. And regardless of, of where you are, old, young, married, uh, single, divorced, kids, no kids, empty nesters, grandparents, or you're just an influence of a family that you love. Uh, I wanna talk to any one of us because a lot of us have way more influence on the next generation than we think. So we're gonna talk about this a little bit. Uh, and here's where we're gonna start. I wanna start with a question that I want us to think about. I put it up here and it's this, it's, it's this. This is what I wanna think about. What is our goal in shaping the next generation? What is the goal that we have with the next generation. And, and this is something really important for all of us to think about, especially if you have kids. What, what's the goal? You know, what do I want to see happen? And, and if you look at what our culture says, I would say that our culture for the most part would say this, is that we want well-rounded, educated, happy kids. That's, I would say that's what the goal of our culture would be. We want them well-rounded, uh, educated, and happy. And I think most people would agree with that. Doesn't sound too bad. It doesn't sound like too bad of a goal to have. But where I wanna go today uh, is another direction with our family because I don't, now, I don't think any of those three things are necessarily bad at all. I don't think they're that bad. But when you start to look at those and break those down, what, what, I think what you'll find and what I've seen is there's something missing with those things, even though well-rounded, smart, uh, and happy seem good. For instance, I think about education. I want my kids to be educated. I went after that as well. I think it's a good idea. Uh, so I think education is good. But listen, I'm gonna tell you something. I went to engineering school with people who got straight A's. I wouldn't trust them to mow my lawn, everybody. I'm just saying, now I'm not knocking it. Education's good. But there needs to be a little bit more uh, than that. There just needs, to, I just wanna see a few more traits going on other than that. Uh, happiness, happiness. That sounds good. Seems good on the outside. I, I, I wouldn't say I don't want my kids to be happy, but, but there is, I don't know if you've learned, there's an ebb and flow with happiness, isn't there? It's, and here's why, because it's an emotion. Happiness is an emotion and, and it's based a lot on what goes on around you that you cannot control. And so uh, it can really go away depending on the circumstance. And, and if you chase happiness, uh, sometimes that'll actually put you down the wrong path if you, if you just chase uh, happiness blindly. So it could take you to some bad places. So for me, here's what I uh, would, would wanna have. This is what I would love to see with my kids. I would want my kids, instead of that, not bad, but I would want them to become faithful, honorable people, full of integrity, and have a joy that never ever changes. That I think is a lot better. And that's what Cordy and I decided a long time ago of what we wanna go after with our kids and where we wanna land on. We just see that that is better. And gang, listen to me, that is God's vision 
for families. That is God's vision for our family. And that vision, I'm gonna tell you, is better than any other vision that is out there for your family. So it's what Courtney and I fight for. We fight for it on a daily basis. And it's a fight, everybody. It is absolutely a fight because it's unfortunate, but that is not what the flow of culture, where it's taken us. It's not, it's unfortunate to say that, but it's absolutely true. When you look, this is what we're gonna talk about today. When you look at what our culture says to pursue and go after, and what God says to pursue and go after and run after with your family, you're gonna find there is a big difference between those things. And here's what I'm gonna put forward. I'm gonna put forward this. It's a big idea today and you can decide this for yourself, but I believe, I believe God's vision for family is the better thing to go after. And so I'm gonna talk about that. And so we'll at least see the differences today uh, so that we can actually make an informed decision on where we wanna land and where we want our family to go, okay? So let's get going today so, so we can kind of check that out together. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and grab those. We're gonna be in a few places. Uh, but I wanna start by going to Nehemiah, the book of Nehemiah, chapter four. This is in the Old Testament. And I love how this directs us today when it comes to God and our families. If, if you don't know much about Nehemiah as you're getting there, Nehemiah uh, was a man of God. He loved God. And he was a part of this amazing restoration going on with God's people. He led uh, the, the community of God's people to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem, that, that it was destroyed. And, and so he, he wanted to do that. But there was great opposition going on for them to do that. Um, and there was a lot of fight going on. It was hard because uh, there was pressure all around them to not get it done. And I love what Nehemiah did. So one day he got all the families that were with him together. And here's what he said in Nehemiah 4, 14. He said this, he goes, remember the Lord, Remember the Lord who is great and awesome in this. Fight for your families, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your homes. Now, here's what I want us to remember today. If you go away with anything today, wherever you are with the families that you have an influence of, I wanna tell you this. Your family is worth fighting for. Your family is absolutely what we're fighting for. And God has a greater vision for you and your family than any other thing out there. And I wanna say this to any family who's listening, you're never ever too far away. You're not too far gone to bring in God and get the momentum that you need and that you've been looking for to be wiser with your family, okay? So wherever you are, wherever you are, uh, whether you're in the beginning of this, you got young kids, you're in the middle of this, right? You, you have some kids that are getting closer uh, or maybe you have kids that are older and they're getting ready to maybe have kids of their own or you are someone who just has some families that you really love, that you have an influence on. Uh, you are in a fight and you can fight uh, to get to a better place with them and have a better purpose with God's vision attached. And, and here's what I know, here's what I know. We could all use a little more wisdom with our family, right? I mean, all of the, Courtney and I uh, right now with, with an almost seven-year-old and an almost nine-year-old and the almost seven-year-old who will not stop talking to everybody. I mean, like if there is a gift of gab, she's got it. Well, that's enough for us, okay? You know what I'm saying? Like we'll use all the wisdom that we could get. Uh, if God wants to give it to us and it's free, we'll take it. We'll bring it in. And so we could use that. And I know that, that we want that uh, for our family, okay? Uh, so here's what we're gonna do. Really simple. I'm gonna give us four things we fight for, four things that I really believe are worth pursuing and help bring in God's vision uh, for strong families. That's what we wanna do. We wanna go after having a strong family. And these four things I believe will benefit any family. 
They will benefit any family. And, and I am talking to parents and kids, but it goes beyond that too. I want you to check, really check in if you're a parent, but, but don't, lose, don't lose the vision of this if you're someone who has any relationship that you care about. These four things will absolutely apply to any relationship that you care about and wanna see them get as healthy as possible. All of these will apply. So for the first one, if you, if you have your Bibles open already, jump, uh, we're gonna stay in the Old Testament, jump to 1 Kings. Go to 1 Kings chapter two. 1 Kings chapter two, this is where we're gonna find the first thing to fight for. So this is uh, in the Old Testament and in here in 1 Kings two, uh, there are two main characters in this story. There's David who was king uh, of, of the land and then there was his son Solomon, okay? And what's going on is David was a king of Israel. He is... The, one of the most interesting characters to study in the Bible. He was what the Bible says, he describes him as a man who was after God's own heart. He had an unchangeable belief in who God was. He, he never changed on who God was. Uh, he, his whole life revolved around God. Uh, he enjoyed the joy of, of, of God's forgiveness, even, even when he had to suffer the consequences of his sins. He had to suffer a lot uh, with the decisions he made, but he was always willing to be honest. He was always willing to admit his mistakes. His heart was genuine and he never wavered in his worship of a holy God who made him. And, and he recognized that uh, with everything he had. And, and so here's where we're gonna pick up here in the story. I think this is a really neat place to be. David is coming at the end of his life. He's coming at the end and he knows that it's gonna be close. And, and so he's giving Solomon, his son, the kingdom, the whole kingdom. Um, and so with his final words, what we're gonna see is the legacy that he wants to leave. And this is what he tells his son, Solomon. We're gonna pick this up uh, in verse one. It says this, when the time drew near for David to die, he gave a charge to Solomon, his son. He said, hey, listen, I am about to go uh, the way of all the earth, he said. So be strong, act like a man and observe what the Lord your God requires. What is it? Walk in obedience to him and keep his decrees and commands, his laws and regulations as written in the law of Moses. Do this, do this, so that you may prosper in all you do and wherever you go. Now, I think this is really neat to, to almost like have a peek in with, with this kind of a legacy that's passed with, with someone who's, who has a front row seat with someone who's the final message of a king to a successor. This is the final words that you're gonna see David say. And, and we see David say to his son, uh, be strong. And then he shares two things, two things. Walk with the Lord and obey his commands. Now, I want you to think about this for a second. Think about this. This is it. This is it. The kingdom is on the line. The, the, whole, the, the whole entirety of God's people is at stake. The country of people uh, in the land, and, and this is David's final word, and here's what he says. Hey, do you wanna prosper? Do you wanna leave a legacy? Do you wanna be great? Hey, son, come close. Come in, come in, here it is. There is nothing more important. There is nothing better to do. There is nothing more you could give away, nothing that makes a bigger difference that impacts the legacy of your family more than your faith in God. And so the first thing that we take with that and fight with is this, that we gotta fight for an awesome family with authentic faith. That we gotta have authentic faith. And so as you're writing this down, parents, here's what I want you to say. And anybody who wants to follow this, write this, please write this down. Here's what it is. Just write this phrase down. Faith in the family begins with me. Faith in my family begins with me. A genuine, walking, 
talking faith where the Holy Spirit is moving in me on a daily basis through all the things that I'm going through where I feel God's presence. I, I feel his words because I'm in there. I, I know what he says. I experience the love and the joy and the peace that comes from walking with him and that where the Holy Spirit is guiding and helping me every day in wisdom. So, so I want you to know this as we say this with authentic faith. Wherever, this goes for wherever you are in your faith with God. I don't know where you are. We always say we exist for, for, uh, to help you take steps in your journey and journeys are all over the place in this room. We're so glad you're here, but I want you to think about this. Your kid's faith is being learned the most by you and from you. Your kid's faith is being shaped the most from you. No one's faith is more important to your kid than your faith, wherever it is, up, down, good, bad, uh, you know, just really purposeful or not as purposeful. This is where they will have the biggest influence in how faith works and what it looks like. It comes from you. When I think about this, when I think about this with my kids, I, I, wanna, I wanna think about where I want them to be in their faith. I, I, I think about what I would most want for my kids when it comes to God. And here's what I would want them to know. I would want them to know that they can experience an incredible relationship with a holy God who does wanna have a relationship with them, who made them and who loves them and, and who the Holy Spirit can move in them and help them in all situations. That the faith is something that doesn't just happen on Sundays or just special occasions, but through Jesus, you can have a source of power and strength and, and grace and love every single day of your life. That's what I would want my kids to know. That's what I would want them to understand. And the best way, gang, the best way for them to know that is through my faith on a daily basis. They see it every single day, good, bad, up, down. They see it every day. Look at what Proverbs 14 says about this with, with our responsibility and the faith that we get to pass. I love this. It says, hey, in the fear of the Lord, one has strong confidence. And listen, and your children will have a refuge. Your children will have a refuge. So this is saying, again, we're just looking at what God has to say in Comparing that to everybody else. If you want your kids to have a place of security, if you want your kids to have a place of safety, of, of really feeling that in their life, it starts with the confidence that comes from your relationship with the Lord. Nowhere else. It starts with your faith, your faith being authentic with the Lord. If I can give you just one piece of advice today in your relationship with your kids, in your marriage, in your relationship with anybody else, it's this, get close to God. Get close to God. Everything else is gonna fall from this one, gang. Here's, here's why I would say this. Because he will never leave you. He will never lead you down the wrong path, ever. He will never do that. He will give you direction. He will give you wisdom. He will give you strength. He will give you clarity. He will give you help and he will give you the control that you need to have because when you give it to him, he will, he will let these other things fall into place. There's nothing more important than this. That's what David was saying to Solomon and that's what God is saying to us, and, and here's what's great. Here's what's great about this one, no matter where you are. See, we exist to help you in your faith. That's why we're here. We help you to take those steps and uh, to help your faith grow and to be real and to be honest. And listen to me, more important, to go beyond Sunday. This is so important for us on Sunday, but, but we really do want this to go past Sunday, past these walls in the everyday life that you live. That's why we believe in application teaching. We go in the word and we say, this is what God says. Now let's go apply this in our lives. And, and we also love to partner with you parents. We love to partner with you uh, to make great, amazing spaces for your kids and teach your kids. But hear me, listen, parents, we are a partner with you, not a replacement for you. You hear me, okay? We are just a partner with you. I think sometimes we get that a little confused uh, with the responsibility. We wanna partner with you. We're not a replacement for, we can't be. It's impossible for us to be your replacement. 
You are the biggest influence in your kid's faith life. And for me, man, that just changes how I wanna go about my family, all right? Um, And so, you know, I just wanna encourage you wherever you are, make this a commitment. Make this a priority to come here on Sunday. It it makes a big difference in your family. And it goes to the second thing that we fight for, which is this. We also gotta fight for scheduled consistency. I'm gonna talk about this. We We need to fight in our family to have scheduled consistency. One of the biggest things we could do that can reduce stress and bring stability in our family is just finding consistent times of predictable schedules. You gotta find consistent times of predictable schedules. And this is so important, gang, because we live in a world, we live in a world that has become more and more unpredictable and more and more unstable. And gang, that causes stress and it causes anxiety. And if you don't think that affects your kids, it absolutely does. They just have a better way of masking it. But it happens, the more unstable and unpredictable everything goes, the, the more stress and anxiety that comes. But gang, listen, we combat that with, 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 a, with a purpose. We combat that by being consistent and predictable at home. And I'm just gonna say this. You listening? We do way too much stuff, everybody. Like we do way too much. We don't, and, and he, what happens is when we do way too much stuff, we don't stay planted in the things that we would say are important because the margin that we're supposed to have is just pushed out with all the stuff that we do. We're just co- too consumed with doing stuff and it makes us crazy. You know this, it makes you crazy when you're going all over. Here, I'm gonna give you a test. I'm gonna give you a test, all right? Just see if you're too busy. If you yell in the house to your family, time to eat, and they run to the car instead of the table, you are too busy, everybody. You're too predictable on the wrong things, okay? You're just a little too busy. Why is it so bad? Why, I, I'm telling you, man, this is one of the biggest things we've got to fight with. Why is that so bad? God helps us here. God helps us here. And I'm gonna show you what he says about it. He says, if you live that way, and gang, listen to me, you can absolutely live that way. I'm not, trying to, I'm not trying to make you do whatever it is that you do. I'm just trying to show you what God says happens. You don't have to follow this, but this is what will happen if you do this. Here's what he says, that you will become merely moving shadows with your family. Listen, this is what he's saying. And all of our busy rushing ends in nothing. It ends in nothing. That's what God says will happen. Gang, that's not what our culture is saying will happen. Our culture, and we bought into this idea of the more you do, the better off we'll be, the more well-rounded uh, our family will be. And, that, and that's, that's not what I wanna, I just, but he's saying you will become merely moving shadows. That's not what I want with my family. When I think about what God wants, that's not what I want. Uh, I don't wanna be like moving shadows. I think too many of us is, have settled with this notion that the more we do, the better off we'll be. But the op, God is saying the opposite is, is so often what will happen. You know what I think, you know what I found um, really, really uh, wild? One of the one thing, the one thing, I might try to find a couple more. The one thing that came out of this COVID thing, this COVID mess that I thought was a positive was when all the stuff got shut down. You remember this? Remember this? Everything got shut down. You couldn't do anything and you had no choice. You know what I'm saying? And I talked to some of you. I spoke to, to, to some of you and, and for so many people, it was like a revelation came to you. It really was, it was amazing to see this smile. And the revelation was like, man, because you weren't doing so much stuff, uh, you weren't so busy doing stuff. And it was like stress was kind of melting away from so many of us. It was like a weight was lifted. I talked to you about this, but man, you know what happened? Didn't take too long to get right back into it, did it? 
I'm just asking, did it take too long to get right back into the thick of it? Because we just can't slow down. Because if they are slowing down, we are slowing down. Like, we can't do that if they, we gotta keep up with it. And it's, it's this weird game of keeping up with the Joneses. It's not keeping up with the Joneses. It's keeping up with the stresses. You know what I'm saying? And I don't, we make those choices. And, and you know, so the best families I know, I'll just say this and move on. The best families I know are intentional about guarding their time. They, they sit down, they, they say, here are our top three, four handful of priorities that we are making. They have, and they have consistent family time at home, that they just make that decision. They are consistent with what they are say are, are the top three or four things. And, and it's not like they're not doing stuff, everybody. Like they are doing stuff, but they just have this word. It's called, just write this down in there. Balance, they have this word called balance uh, with the stuff they do, with the stuff they do, and the priorities that they would say are important. And so, for example, these families, I'm telling you, the families that I see that are doing, just are following God's vision, uh, these families uh, would say that God is a priority, so they would never, ever uh, have a question, are we going to church today? That would never be a question with them. He's like, no, that's, that's a top priority. Our faith in God is a top priority. We don't ever have to ask, are we going to church or not? This is an example. Uh, a good exercise to you with your family, I think you should do it. I'm telling you, depending on your age of kids, have them sit down and say, I want ever, all of us independently to write down what you think are the top four or five things that we do. What are the top four or five priorities? You might be surprised at what some of your kids would say. And maybe, maybe it might cause you to make some changes because you know I don't know how far faith would be in that category. Just do that as an exercise uh, of what the most important things you do are and see how that lines up with your goals. Gang, some of us, some of us are doing the same thing, the same thing, and we're expecting different results. If, if, you, if you're finding yourself doing these things consistently, and it's not lined up with what you want, it's not working, change it, change it for the sake of your family. You can make a change, okay? So here's the third thing we fight for. That's the second thing, here's the third thing. We gotta fight for amazing grace, amazing, amazing grace. We sang about it this morning, right? Uh, Two of those songs were just all about God's grace. It's so amazing. Instead of giving us the punishment we deserve, He sent Jesus to die. He laid down his life for our sins. So instead of condemning us, he frees us. This is what grace does. Instead of us being condemned to death, he frees us to life. And it's amazing because this is why it's so amazing. We bring nothing to the table. We bring nothing to offer. And God just says, I'm gonna give you this amazing gift of life and freedom. And, And so he doesn't just give you grace. He gives you amazing grace. It's undeserved, makes no sense. It really, when you really look at what he's done for us and compared to what we can do for him, it's amazing. And the best way to show that we understand that is by giving it to those we love. But I don't know why, sometimes the hardest people to do this with are the people you love, all right? Uh, I know where this exists for me uh, in, in my house. It's at the dinner table. I don't know why. Actually, I do know why. I know why, I'll tell you why. I don't, I don't understand how it takes 25 minutes for somebody to eat three bites of food and then they say they're, they're stuffed all to go like 10 minutes later to say they're hungry again and they want a bedtime snack and then I know all this within a minute of dinner starting. But grace has to win in the tool house. Grace has to win in the tool house, all right? We know that and, and it takes work, man. It takes worse. We have to survive by grace coming in. So we have to remember it. We gotta put it in place. And that is a fight sometimes, everybody. Anyone say amen to that? It is a fight sometimes. Here's what Ephesians 4 says about it. Thanks for letting me get that off my chest. Instead, don't tell my kids I said that. Instead, be kind to each other 
tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. That is a motto that we want to be ringing true in every, every crevice of our house, man. How does it work? Here, I just wrote down, have some practical ways. I've shared this before. Uh, practical ways to let grace be winning uh, at our house. Here it is. Here's the first one. Just write this down. Remember who they are on the inside first. Write that down. So remember who they are on the inside first. Here's the second part of that. Before you let the outside sort of mess you up. <laughs> like whatever is going on, on the outside, if you could get to just go, I remember who they are. Man, who are they on the inside? This will take practice. It's really easy to let what's happening on the outside mess you up to remember, hey, that's who they are. That's who they are on the inside. Uh, that's the biggest one for us in the tool house right now. Here's the second one. Celebrate differences. Write down now. Celebrate differences. God made us different. That's a good thing. It's a good thing. It's good that not everybody acts like me, uh, even though I think that would be the best for the world. Uh, it ain't, okay? Like, it's not, okay? The more you understand differences, the better you'll grow together. That's the biggest one for us in the tool house, okay? Here's a third one. Be slow to anger. Be slow to anger. And here's why. Once you go there, you, you can't take it back. So why not let that be as far down that list of reactions as possible, all right? That's the biggest one for the tool house. I said all three of those were the biggest one, by the way. All right, so <laughs> nobody got that. All right, grace, grace. Man, I think those, are, those will be helpful. Remember who they are on the inside first. Man, don't, don't forget that. Celebrate the differences. Look and say, you're different. I wanna celebrate that. How can I celebrate that and be slow to anger? Because grace can be the difference. Gang, listen, grace can be the difference between people in constant conflict or feeling connected. Grace is the bridge with those things. Here's the last one. It's the best one. You gotta fight to have fun. You gotta fight to have fun. I think there are way too many families today. You're taking stuff too seriously. You're taking yourself too seriously, man. You, you're, and then you're, you're busy and you're tired anyways. And I just think we got to have more fun, man. God, and God says, you gotta fight for it. It's not just gonna happen. Uh, naturally, it's just to a lot of us. So you gotta fight for your family and have fun. Here's what Solomon says. I love going back to Solomon. Here's what he says, man. He says, so I recommend having fun. There it is, God's word right there. Have fun because there is nothing better for people in this world than to eat, drink, and enjoy life. One of the things that I want my kids to, to know, one of the things I want my kids to live is that we do not take ourselves too seriously. Uh, we take God seriously, absolutely, but we cannot take ourselves too seriously. I wanna be a fun family. And I think we actually do pretty good at that. Uh, as a family, I think we do pretty good. But you know what I've noticed? Here's what I've noticed. Uh, what I would consider to be the funnest thing, what I would say would be the funnest thing for our family uh, is not what my kids would always consider to be the funnest thing. And a lot of times, here's just a piece of advice for you if you're trying to figure this stuff out. This is a piece of advice. Sometimes their funnest moments are way cheaper than the ones that I try to create, everybody. Okay, for example, this is true. Uh, a couple years ago, we planned like this huge weekend. I mean, it was gonna be great. I had it all spreadsheeted out. It was gonna be amazing. And we had a plan and, and we're gonna go to Columbus and, and, and we're gonna go to the aquarium. We're gonna do the zoo and we're gonna do this and you're gonna get these popsicles and it's gonna get a hat and all this stuff. And it was awesome. And, and we had a great time. We had a great time. So we're driving home. This is a true story. We're driving home. And so Courtney uh, turns back and goes, hey, what was the best part? And you know what they said? Both of those suckers said, the hotel, the hotel. <laughs> So I just take him to the Hampton Inn across the street right now. That's all I do. I'm, I, you will learn 
from your kids. It's a true story, man. Sometimes the fun stuff's cheaper than you think, okay? Gotta have some fun. You gotta have some fun. Quit taking yourself so seriously. I recommend having some fun. All right, it's good medicine for our family and it, and it captures the vision that God has. Isn't that great to know? And I just think that's great to know that God goes, have some fun. Yes, get your faith going. Yes, have authentic, have some fun. So those are the things. Those are just some things that we fight for uh, that I think are a little bit different than, than what we're gonna hear out there, okay? And, and what we go after a little bit differently. And here's what I wanna say and then we'll be done. I think all of it though, it, it, it's gotta start with a belief. Okay, it's gotta start with a belief. And it's the first thing we talked about. We gotta start with a belief that God's vision for success in the family is just better than what anybody else is saying. That's where it starts. We gotta believe that God's way is better. A belief that the greatest thing for our kids to understand and learn is who they are and who made them and what their purpose is in this life, why they are created, not as the world gauges, but who they are in Christ, who they are in Christ. That's what gives them the identity that they so badly are looking for everybody and what they need. They need it so badly to understand who they are, that they are God's child created with a purpose, that they're known. That's what we talked about Big Kick, that they're so uniquely known, just like the fingerprints on our hands. God knows them that much and, and then he made them for a purpose to make a difference for him through the forgiveness we can have with Jesus. That's the legacy we need to think about. That's what I wanna leave with my kids so that they could be honorable, faithful people, full of integrity and a joy that can never ever go away. Let's pray. God, thank you for the wisdom that you give with our families. Thank you for that. I wanna pray over every family here today every single family, wherever our kids may be, however they, old they are, for, for people who have an influence with kids in their life, for grandparents, parents, guardians, whoever that may be, I pray over every single family here. Give us the wisdom, take a hard look at where we're going and, and what we're looking at, what we're doing as a family and give us the courage to step in your direction and your vision that you have for us and, and help us just make some decisions. Maybe it's, maybe it's bringing more grace in. Maybe it's, maybe it's bringing more fun in. Maybe it's just taking a look at the priorities that we have. Maybe it's stepping up in our own faith. I love that word grace. I, God, I think about it. Every time I think about grace, I think about Jesus and what he did for me, that, that we're here because of your grace and we can only do these things out of the grace that you give us to bring your wisdom in. I, I do feel the need right now in this moment to pray for some healing. I think there needs to be some healing in some families today. God's grace is, is not too far gone for healing to happen. That's the key. I wanna pray over any family, and maybe it's a marriage, maybe it's somebody with a wayward child, maybe it's somebody who just the relationship is a little more broken than you want it to be. God's grace is never too far from you to get a hold of it yourself and bring that in so that, that you can mend the relationship that God wants you to have an influence on. I pray over those families right now in the name of Jesus Christ to heal them. I know no one's too far gone your love and grace to bring them back. God, I pray that. I just feel the need to do that. I don't know what it is in here. Somebody in here needed to hear that. We love you, God. Thank you that you do have the answer, that you do have the key. And I just pray for the wisdom to come into our lives. We love you and pray for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, I hope you have a great, great week. I'll be down here if anybody wants to talk. And, and we're going to start a brand new series next week in the book of Judges, everybody. Bring your Bibles. Bring your Bibles. <laughs>